next several weeks to just kind of share with Linked Up Church what it is God is doing uh, with us. I'll introduce it on today. I'll take the next several weeks to kind of uh, dive into it a little bit. So let's go before the Lord in prayer. And so, Father, first and foremost, we thank you for seeing us through 2016. Father, we never take it for granted that we have lived and we get to continue to live into another year. It's because of you. You kept us. You protected us. You provided for us. Your blood never lost its power in our lives and not in, in, in every area of our lives. And so, Father, as we consecrate this day, the first day of this new year, we set it apart, Father, and we declare that the Linked Up Church will use this year for your glory, Father. We sanctify the Marietta Performing Arts Center, Father. It's just a building until we come into it. And once we come into it, it becomes your sanctuary, becomes the church. And so, Father, for the few months that we'll have left in this facility, we set it apart, we anoint it to be used for your glory, and we declare that lives will be changed, we'll continue to develop, perfect what it is that you've called us to do. We thank you for giving us favor with this school to have our services here. Bless West End, Father, Seventh-day Adventist Church for giving us a home for three years, Father. Continue to bless them, Father. May the seed that they sown into us, Father, may it richly be returned back unto them. And Father, as I share your strategy with the church today, my prayer is that it is less of me and more of you. Father, you'll be lifted up today and you'll draw all people to yourself. We thank and give you glory for a wonderful service in Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. I know you're already seated, but who's ever next to you on either side or behind you so we don't rush out of here at the end? Would you just tell them Happy New Year and let them know it? you're glad to see them today? Thank you, music department. Thank you. All right, praise God. People are still coming in, but I want to go ahead and, and get started today. Uh, so many places I can start at, but again, I, I'll take the next several weeks to get into it a, a little further. And so uh, many of you all know that last year was a, a year that, that for me, God said that uh, he was going to do some things in me. And it was the things that he would do in me is what would manifest the things outside of me. And so I spent the entire year last year growing internally and actually studying one subject, which was the subject of grace. And it totally revolutionized my thinking in terms of my relationship with God and how I see the scriptures. And the other thing that I did was I, I re-examined everything that, that I do. And I asked myself, why am I doing this? Because a lot of things that we do, we just do it because that's all we know to do. And we've seen church being done that way for so many years that we never examined it to see if that's really the heart of God. And so the scripture tells us that it's the tradition of men that makes the word of God of no effect. And so I want to start right here, folks, because really Linked Up Church starts this year in terms of what God's called us to do and the way he's called us to do it. And so traditionally, folks, there's no scriptural support for a New Year's Eve service. Or listen to this, folks. There's nowhere in there where you find that. We do that out of tradition. 
There's nowhere in there where there's a word for the year. We do that out of tradition. Let me give you an example. You know, we could throw seven in there and say that this would be a year like heaven. But, but Jesus taught his disciples in, in the book of Matthew to pray that it would be on earth the same way that it is in heaven. That's heaven on earth, folks. And so when you understand that God is an eternal God, he doesn't change because the year changes. Every year is a year of heaven on earth. Come on, somebody shout amen in here. And so you can find any word in this Bible, any promise in this Bible, and it is for you for this year. It's a year of whatever you want it to be in that Bible. And you should be blessed and healthy. Come on, somebody, and and prosperous and, and all of that. You know, we get a lot of different things. Seven, the year of completion. Well, folks, he's the author and the finisher. That's all he knows how to do. Every year he finishes. You know, incompletion is is the word yes. We can say that this is the year of of the divine yes. But didn't he say that all the promises in him are yes and amen? So every year is the year of the divine yes. To you. What I will attempt to, to prove to you over the next several weeks that God is a God of strategy. And so what God did was he left strategy for the church. And as long as the church followed that strategy, then God promised he would be with them. And I'm actually going to prove to you from the word of God that as long as they stuck to the strategy, God was with them. The moment they departed from it, persecution came and they got scattered. Folks, if you look at everything from an eternal perspective, then you'll understand that God doesn't change. It's people. We want something new every year. Because society and technology has taught us that two weeks after I get the iPhone 7, it's out of date. Or iPhone 6 is out of date. All they did was one little slight change on the 7, and you got to have it. When in reality, the one that you have works perfectly fine. So society has conditioned us to want something new, to want something fresh, to want something different. People who last a long time stay consistent. And they don't get caught up in the new something. They stick with what's working. So my job over the next several weeks is to introduce to you strategy, folks. So let me just share some things. I won't be before you long today, okay? The goal is to get you out by 11, 11, 10, somewhere in there. Let you go home and enjoy your families. We're going to take the next several weeks to get into this a little deeper, okay? So now, every year for us will be Connect 2017 because that's what God's called us to do. It'll be Connect 2018 when we get to that year. Every year, we'll start off with a Connect 21 Days of Prayer. Every fall, we'll have a Connect 40 campaign. We're getting ready to build culture into Linked Up Church that's consistent, that you can rely on and trust every single year. I want to show you this is consistent with Scripture. So I'm going to give you at the end of this a 4 by 4 strategy for Linked Up Church. Okay? 
Jesus gave the early church strategy. He didn't give them a word for the year. He gave them a strategy that would last throughout eternity. Let me just read some things to you here as way of an introduction. All I'm going to do is introduce this to you today. We'll get into it in the next couple of weeks. Uh, B.H. Carroll, who's a famous Bible scholar, if you look him up, famous Bible scholar, in his commentary, he estimates that there were probably 100,000 members in Jerusalem, in the Jerusalem church after 25 years of its existence. 100,000 members after 25 years of its existence. Peter Wagner and many have agreed, G. Campbell Morgan estimates a minimum of 60,000 believers in Jerusalem. In any Bible dictionary, it will tell you that in New Testament times, the city of Jerusalem was approximately 200,000 people. So I want you to think about this for a moment. In a city of 200,000 people, 100,000 of them are believers. So we have here a church with 100,000 members in a city of 200,000 people. So half the city had come to Christ. If you look in your Bibles in Acts chapter 5, verse 28, you'll see that the leadership and the Jewish leaders of that time, they threw this statement out here and they were so upset with the apostles and the disciples because they used this language. It says, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. In other words, they had filled the entire city with the Word of God. Folks, what God has called us to do, since I now know the city that we're going to, somebody ought to shout right there, glory to God. What God has called us to do is fill the city with the Word of God. When you look at the book of Acts, folks, you'll find at least eight characteristics of the early church that positioned them for this kind of blessing. So in other words, they didn't have 100,000 people by accident. They had 100,000 people on purpose. So if we would echo the actions of the early church, then we can expect God's blessing on linked up church as much as those ancient leaders did in the church of Jerusalem. Because remember, God does not change. So if you're trying to get God to change, it's not happening, all right? We have to change and respond to God. All right, let me just introduce you to a few things. Go to Matthew chapter 28. All I'll do is introduce this today. Go to Matthew chapter 28. When you get there, say amen. And I'm going to show you here what Jesus left for the church is strategy. Okay? So then any good leader should be cast in vision, and should be introducing strategy. And how many know it's not really strategy if there are not goals attached to it? And listen to this, folks. They're not goals if they're not measurable. All we're doing is having meetings if we're not measuring our progress. All we're doing, listen to me, a lot of stuff that you're going to hear this year, folks, it's going to be a paradigm shift, and it's going to kick over a lot of sacred cows. All we're doing, folks, is having church if we're not measuring our progress. We're not being the church until we're measuring the direction that the church is going in. Matthew chapter 28, are you there? 
But with all of that, it's getting ready to be a great year. I'm telling you, it's getting ready to be an exciting year. Listen, we will march into our building this year debt-free. Maybe we'll just park all of them, come meet over here, and everybody drive over there at the same time. Just, just hundreds of cars park at the same time, and then just march into the building. Come on, somebody. Have the ribbon-cutting ceremony. Come on, in. invite the mayor out. Invite all the city officials out. Come on, somebody. And just praise our way on into what God has provided for us. Matthew chapter 28. Let's begin reading at verse 16. I want you to pay very careful attention here, especially spiritually. Look at verse 16. So, so again, I'm not, for churches that do that, please don't knock any of them. Don't hear what I said the wrong way. Right? Don't go out of here making a, a big deal about that. Right? We, we did that the first three years because that's where we came from. And people don't like change. How I many know it would have rattled people the wrong way if I said what I just said three years ago? And so the reason I couldn't fully get my heart into a whole lot of stuff because it wasn't coming from my heart. It was somebody else's heart. This is my heart. And I'm excited about what's in my heart. Glory to God. Glory to God. Look at this, verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, verse 16, to the mountain, which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Now, if you're a person in leadership, any capacity, you've got to understand, everyone is not going to believe in what you're doing. I want you to accept this, folks. A lot of times, the people the closest to you won't even believe in what you're doing. And you can't take that personal. The reality is they'll believe it after they see it. And you need to let them know that you're from Missouri. Some of y'all, you'll catch that when you're on your way home. What is Missouri? I'm from Missouri. It's called the show me state. But that's just reality. So you got to understand if they treated Jesus that way, you're no different. You'll never be greater than him. And these are the people the closest to him. Jesus came and he spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Look what he said here. Sit in the church. Right? Have meetings. What did he say? Folks, we got to get you in the game. She said, sub me in, pastor. Go get such and such. They're not playing real hard right now. I'm going to put you in the game. I like that. So he said, go, therefore, and make disciples. See, devoted followers of all nations, ethnos. Folks, we cannot be a all-anything church. We have to be intentional about reaching all people. We need Hispanic people. We need Caucasian people. Come on, somebody. The church needs to look like the kingdom of God. And it needs to be reflected in our leadership. So you'll see me being more intentional. It needs to be in our music. Hello, somebody. He says, go, 
make disciples, devoted followers, every race of people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you and listen to what he said. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. So as long as you're going and you're focused on making devoted followers, hello, confirming them through baptism, he said, as long as you're doing that, I'll be with you until the end of the world. Folks, that is not just the pastor's responsibility. That is the entire church's responsibility. Go with me to hmm. go to Luke chapter 24. Trying to see how much of this I want to give you today. Luke chapter 24. Let me show it to you another time. In both of these texts, this is after his death, burial, and resurrection. So he's now come back to give instructions and to give strategy. Okay, go with me to verse, um, let's start it. Um, let's save some time here. Basically, in verse 36, Jesus appears to the disciples. Matter of fact, let's read it. Luke 24, 36. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said, peace be to you. They were terrified and frightened, supposing they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? See, and why do doubts arise in your heart? We know he's talking specifically to Thomas here. Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones if you see me have. This supports what I was teaching you all on last week. We'll be able to recognize each other, folks. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, and he said to them, have you any food here? I told you we would be able to eat. I'm just going backwards to go forwards. So they gave him a piece of broiled salmon. (laughs) With a little honey mustard sauce on there. You see that? (laughs) And some honeycomb. Because how many know we can't just eat salmon by itself? We need a little honey on that, right? And he took it, watch this, and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said unto him, so notice all of this is coming from the word. Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at where? Folks, that's strategy. I'll prove it again in a moment. And you are witnesses of these things. Then it would be very interesting what he actually told them he was giving them the power to do. 
Watch this. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. I mean, if you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit already on the inside of you. Right? Now we're talking about something coming on you not to sit down. Watch this. Not to attend church. But something comes on you to be the church. And he says, I send the promise of my father upon you. Then he gives them specific instructions. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Word power there is dunamis, miraculous ability. He says, go to Jerusalem because I want to put some miraculous ability on you. Okay? Go to Acts chapter 1. And again, I'm just introducing this today. Over the next several weeks, we'll get into this. You'll find that the early church operated, there were eight characteristics that they flowed in and functioned in. And folks, we're getting ready to master that at Linked Up Church. But you got to work. Think about, we want God to do something for us, but we don't want to do nothing for God. We've got to think about what our next steps are. We've got to get on our journey towards where he wants us to be so that we can walk in the fullness of everything that he wants us to have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where did I tell you to turn? Boy, you all are following closely today. Acts chapter 1. Let's begin reading at verse 1. Okay, and we'll go ahead and wrap up right here. I'll actually show you the strategy, okay, Uh, that he gave them, and then I'll show you the strategy that he's given us. Acts chapter 1. The former account I made, O Theopolis. Well, any of you ain't named your children Theopolis. (laughs) You know, I used to tease my mother. She said, I named you out of the Bible. And she said, I just dropped the Bible, opened it up, and it fell on the book of Joel, and that's how I named you. I said, well, what if it would have fell on Zephaniah? (laughs) We would have had a problem for the rest of our lives. Y'all name your kids Theopolis. The former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. So they kept a record of this. Until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments or instructions to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Watch this, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait For the promise of the Father, which we just read in Luke chapter 24, which he said, and you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, they had come together and they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he says to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. 
But you shall receive power, dunamis, miraculous ability, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. All right? Now, I'm going to share some things with you this year. The first thing, folks, that the Holy Ghost comes on you for, believe it or not, is not to speak in tongues. That's a part of it, but it comes on you to work. I'm getting ready to show it to you right here in the text. And so what we did was we stayed in closets and in rooms and in upper rooms praying. When in reality, folks, the only purpose for the prayer is so that we could go. I'm going to show it to you right here from the book. You all ready? It says, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when he had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom? Verse 7 again. He said, it is not for you to know the times and the seasons that the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Watch this. This is why initially he gave the power of the Holy Spirit to come on them so that they could be witnesses for him. See, when is the last time you testify to someone that doesn't know Jesus about the goodness of Jesus? Come on, folks. That's what he wants us out there doing. People that are sick and dying and going to hell, they need to know that there's a Savior and his name is Jesus and he still heals, he still delivers, and he still saves the day. And every time we're out there testifying, every time we're out there witnessing, how many know the power is always available? He didn't give us that power to sit in these buildings and have bless me clubs. So that we can talk about how big our church is, how many members we have. Come on, somebody. He gave it to us so that we can impact a city and take over a city and have more believers in a city than there are non-believers. And folks, we cannot stop until we hit that goal. Then look at the strategy that he lays out. First, I'm going to put this power on you, this miraculous ability, so that you can be a witness for me. How many know there's no greater witness you can be than to live a life that's pleasing to the Father? Right? Because it's your witness before him that gives you the authority to witness to other people. And folks, the power will help you live right. Can I say this? Can I say this? Most of the world doesn't have a problem with church. Their challenge is the people in the church. It's hard to be a witness when we all in the club together. Oh, Lord, he didn't do that, did he? He didn't do that, did he? It's hard to do that when we're acting just like the people he wants us to witness to. Just because everyone cusses on the job, they need to see that somebody can actually work and not cuss. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. And so, folks, he gives us this power to be a witness unto me. Notice what he says here. Then he gives the strategy. In Jerusalem, you got to start at home. So many times you see churches... 
uh, and they're called, you know, such and such international church. You got to reach, you got to be local first. Come on, can somebody just encourage me for about three minutes, about, about, about three, three good seconds right there. We're already international and we haven't even reached local yet. So all of our energy, folks, has to be in the city that he's sending us. First, this is strategy. Okay, you all still with me out there? Has to be in the city where he's sending us. Now, how many of y'all want to know the city that he's sending us to? I'll tell you in a couple of weeks. There are reasons why I can't tell you right now. There's still a few moving pieces and uh, some due diligence that we don't need to perform, but they need to perform. And so as soon as we take possession, and that'll be shortly, as soon as they perform their due diligence uh, on a few items, then once you see me jingling those keys... I'll probably just post something like that, just a jangalang, a jangalang, a jangalang. Then I'll tell you where we're going. But I will tell you this, it's better than where we came from. And it has the ability to do everything that God has placed in our heart to do. Over time, we could, we could own somewhere between 40 to 50 acres of land, all on one consistent plot that's all connected, that we could have our school on, our community economic development center, all of our sports fields. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about we can do everything that God's called us to do. Watch this. For the city that he placed us in. We must do it there first because you cannot duplicate what you have not achieved. Okay. Success can be duplicated, but you've got to have it first. All right. So look what he said. In Jerusalem, now if you look at a map, then he said in Judea and Samaria. If you look at a map, you'll see Jerusalem, you'll see Judea. You'll see Samaria. What was Judea and Samaria? They were surrounding cities. So if you can see, he's already let us gain a little experience with a surrounding city. We were one church in two locations. And we learned some lessons from that. I learned some things to do. I learned some things not to do. And the experience has made us better. So now when it's time to go back to it again, we'll know something. Look better this time. So, so we've got to impact the city he places us in. Then we've got to impact the surrounding cities. Then notice what he says. Then to all the earth or the uttermost parts of the earth or the world. Let me tell you all primarily how we're going to do that through the internet. In 2017, Linked Up Church will have its first virtual campus. What do I mean by a virtual campus? I'll show you these things over the next 
uh, several weeks. Our analytics, our statistics now tell us that we have more people watching us outside the building than we do inside the building. Believe it or not, folks, what we've accomplished did not just come financially from the people that attend this church. Most weeks, 60 to 65% of our giving comes in online. And there are other things I'll show you to justify. And so, folks, we're going to pastor the world through technology. Now, we will obviously have missions and we'll send people. But the primary, primary way we're going to do it is through technology. And we're going to support other ministries who are sending people. All right. So now, over the next four weeks, folks, uh, you're going to see me march through the strategy. Uh, I just introduced it today. But you're going to see me march through the strategy of the early church. Linked Up Church is already in our four purposes. Now we've just got to mobilize everyone to do their part. How many of y'all ready to get off the bench in 2017? You sure? Let, let me ask that question again. Only like eight people want, yeah, everybody else did. How many of y'all ready to get off the bench in 2017? Okay. I cannot stress this enough. The people who play the game make more money than the people who watch the game. It's just the way life is, okay? And so for the next uh, several weeks here, going to share with you our Connect 4x4 uh, strategy here in a moment, but next several weeks here, we're going to take two of these every week, and we're going to minister those, but we must minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. How I many you know it wasn't the power of the Holy Spirit if lives didn't change? There's no sense in running around talking about that was a powerful service. If your life didn't change, it, you just had goosebumps. So we got to talk about what that looks like, okay? We must maintain unity through fellowship. You're going to find that the enemy is able to get people in strife and division, and that's how he breaks up churches. I will say something, and I know this is on tape. The reality is even where I came from, all of us are still supposed to be together. But the enemy got in and created that. And people bought in. But what has to happen is that leader has to embrace all of the diversity that God sends them. And we could have been much stronger together than we can separately. But it still doesn't stop the plan and will of God. And watch this. I believe things will come full circle where we'll still help them. Somebody shout glory for that right there. All right, we're going to talk about how to multiply small groups. Now, the way we've heard that in the past, folks, this is not about numbers in a church. This is about souls being saved, right? And after souls are saved, they need an incubator. They need a place that they can go to and have support. Come on, somebody, be encouraged, be taught the word, followed up on, held accountable. This church will always grow if we have enough incubators to put these babies in when we birth them. That's small groups, folks. We must enlarge our vision of God. Folks, we think too small. What God just told me, I was actually believing too small. And I won't say too much, but, but what he's given us is just the beginning. It's way beyond this, folks. And I'm humbled to be chosen to do it. 
5 and 6. We must maximize the power of prayer. We've got to be a praying church, folks. Talk about that. We must model generosity to manifest great grace. Can't be tight and stingy. Because God is a generous God. Seven and eight, we must mobilize every member for purpose. Every one of you has a purpose. Part of your purpose should be lived out in the kingdom of God. And we need dream teams for everything. We'll talk about that later. We must continue with God's mission. Folks, his mission is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. It's always about souls. And then after you win those souls, how do you take care of them? As long as you do that, folks, you'll never have enough buildings. You'll never have enough seats. You always have too many resources to take care of all the people that God's going to send you. Hallelujah. Let me show you our four-by-four strategy here at LinkedIn Church. So the way New Year's Eve service will go for us, we'll measure these things all year long. Okay? Remember, a leader's job is to cast vision. Right? It's not vision if it doesn't have goals attached to it. Right? They're not real goals if you can't measure them. And so we've got to track it all year long. So what are we going to do? What is the four-by-four strategy? Folks, Linked Up Church will connect 1,600 more people in 2017. Let me try this side of the room. Folks, Linked Up Church will connect at least 1,600 more people in 2017. Okay, how are we going to do that? Obviously, our purposes are connect to God, connect to family, connect to purpose, connect to community. Okay, 400 unique individuals in connecting to God, accepting Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I'm not talking about people coming down and rededicating their life to Christ. That happens every week. I'm talking about people who don't know Christ, coming to know Christ, at least 400 this year. And guess who's going to win them? Come on, you know your cousin needs Jesus. Come on, you just left them for the holidays. And when you walked out, you said, man, they need Jesus in a real way around here, right? Jesus needs you to share him with them. All right, connecting the family. 400 people joining or starting small groups. Folks, we've got to make our family larger. Connecting the purpose. 400 people taking step three in our next step class system is where you discover your purpose. Financial Peace University. We won't stop until every member of this church owes no man nothing but the love. We won't stop. Okay? And listen, you're in a church where you're seeing this modeled out before you. There's only about three papers, three sheets of paper at that closing. You know why it was only about three sheets of paper? Because we paid cash. Come on, I, I won't stop. Until you're going to purchase a house and they say, what bank will you be using? My checkbook right here, paying cash for this, right? Come on, I won't stop until you, you, you understand what that feels like to, to walk into a dealership and say, I want that one right there. 
Well, we've got a four-year uh, finance. We've got a five-year finance. I won't need any of those. This is cash and carry today. Come on, somebody. You're in a church, folks. We didn't have a building fund. We had that. We managed properly. So what we're trying to show you, this is a place where you can trust. And we're going to continue to demonstrate that for you. If we stop showing you the finances every year and we don't want to be accountable, you shouldn't attend this church ever again. Okay? Job link, entrepreneurial boot camp, okay? Uh, and then connecting the community. 400 new members added to our dream team. I see 400 in this building right now that aren't doing anything. I can count them, 400 people right now. I can count 400 people in this building. We can get that done today. All you've got to do is make a decision. I'm getting off the bench and getting into the game. You all ready to go on this journey? All right. So let me kind of give you linked up culture. Okay. So we will have a New Year's Eve service. That's the goal at the end of this year. Okay. What is the purpose of that New Year's Eve uh, service? To celebrate those accomplishments. And to give God glory for what we accomplished. Watch this. Not for what he did for us. What we did for him. You see the difference? See, most of these services are set up what he's going to do for you. What more do you want him to do? He already died. Come on, somebody. Rose from the grave. What more do you want him to do? I'm waiting on you, Lord. No, you're not waiting on the Lord. The Lord is waiting on you. And so you're going to see the culture change. It's not going to be about what he did for us. He's already done enough for us. It's going to be about what we did for him. And then we'll lay out the strategy for 2018. Hallelujah. And celebrate and give God glory for, for what we did for him this year, what he graced us to be able to do, and celebrate what we're getting ready to do even bigger for him in the next year, okay? And all love on each other. We'll probably have an artist there and just fellowship, probably some food afterwards. We're going to do it different than anybody else. <laughs> Hang out, fellowship, kick it all night long. Let the singles, how I mean, you know, they don't need to go home. <laughs> they need to go to a room. Where they can mingle. So I got to be careful how I say that. <laughs> a room at the church. Come on, all the single people said glory. Where they can mingle and see somebody. I'm done for the day. Every head bowed, every eye closed in prayer. No one moving, no one talking unless you've been assigned to do so. Maybe you're here today. I don't know your story, but I do know this is the first day of this new year. It's a chance to forget about everything that happened